Hello and welcome to a Demon's Vault production of The Fields of Alien. This is a Dungeons and Dragons inspired adventure following the life of Melkor, a young dragonborn boy of 11 who must struggle to survive after losing his parents in a terrible war. He's from the city of Brom, living north by the Agol Mountains, on the continent of Alien. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, Emmanuel, and joining me to start off the adventure is Dave. He plays Melkor. Here you can find a brief overview of the world of Ilion that Melkor finds himself in, followed by our untable discussions. Sit back, relax, and listen to the bard. This is the state of Ilion. Ilion is separated by water. Its land split into eight sections, its edges surrounded by endless mountains that no one has ever crossed through and lived. From the sky, Ilion looks like a wheel. Its waterways are the spindles, its landmasses, the spaces in between. With its Within its bounds, there are eight city-states. The city-state of Elysi, the kingdom of glass. The Elysi are glassmakers, artisans, and artists. They are known for their architectural wonders and snobby attitudes. There are some who say that Altician wine is better than a glittering Colosseum, but they are wrong. Next is the city of Brahm, the kingdom of grass. The Brahmins are farmers and inventors. They provide food for much of the eight kingdoms and are some of the most friendly people you will ever meet. Their poor are poor, and their rich are rich. Their biggest cities are along the coast, while the rest of the kingdom is dedicated to an agricultural apparatus. Third, Glyn, the kingdom of alloy. The Glyn have always been one with the earth. Their cities have stood the test of time. Within the nation's borders stand the oldest strongholds. There are four major cities, each dedicated to a season, winter, spring, summer, and fall. They have two festival cities that are only inhabited during the winter and summer solstice, respectively. Fourth, Ka, the kingdom of forge. The Khan are war masters that prefer to watch others fight. Each city is a bastion of their preferred weapons, the three biggest being the Morning Star, the Flail, and the Lance. Fifth, Ulysses, the River Kingdom. The Ulysses live in boats and floating cities. They develop the system of irrigation so that their food travels with them. They rule the seas and oftentimes will not even be found in their continent at all. Six, Ibris, the kingdom of endless mountains. Nomadic and always living in small groups, the Ibrisen wander the southern mountains past the edge, where most who go to find them never return. It is a wasteland of dead mountains and valleys. Ashra'al, seven. Alchemists and secretive, the Ashra'al almost never leave their land, and no one in history has ever threatened them. Oricity, the kingdom of glass. Glassmakers and simple folk, the Eurytitians live a life dedicated to building great wonders that glitter in the evening sun. They live their lives apart from the ATC, choosing to keep themselves separate from the artisans of the north. The city-state of Brahm and Altici have been locked in a deadly conflict. Malkor is unaware of why the conflict exists at all. All he knows is that it took his parents from him. The state of magic. In Ilion, magic is controlled. Not one of the eight kingdoms sanctions the use of magic outside of the royal courts. Wizards are taught in individual tower courts owned by each king. Any child who is found to exhibit magical abilities is taken from their home and brought to the tower to be trained. The best wizards come from Ibris. Sorcerers and warlocks exist only in folklore. No one in Ilion has seen either in over a thousand years. Druids are rare. They hide out in remote areas living in small, moving communities. They hide their powers from the outside world and do their best not to invite attention from the royal wizard towers. Throughout the years, wars have been fought between royal wizards and the nomadic druids. This is the State of Ilion.
So it all started one day when I fought two bones. No. <laughs> I did roll for it, though. Oh my gosh, of course you did. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll start because I think uh, that might make the most sense, and then we'll get to your character whose name I already forgot. What? Can you put your, his name in the chat? Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to double-check to see how I spelled his last name. Perfect. We talked about that in Messenger? Question mark. Yes. Carla Blacks. Carla Blacks. Melkor. Carla Blacks. Where did my pencil go? Melkor. Carla Blacks. Perfect. Okay. Bring that up a little bit. Okay. Hello. And then. That's interesting. Where did my pencil go? Because I actually need that for this, because I don't have it on my computer. If it's an actual character sheet. And I actually really like that pencil. Mm. And you may, Found in it. fact, want to take notes. Yeah, because we both know that's actually going to happen. Yes. Here's hoping. I have a notebook around here somewhere. For now, I'll just take notes on my phone. Yeah, whatever works. If I remember to. Cool. Oh, uh, and then uh, I'm proficient with a short bow, short sword, and daggers. But I think for now, I don't have the sword. It's just the bow and the daggers. The daggers for like, if something happens and I need to protect myself. And then the short bow is mainly for hunting. Okay. That works. And I can use the daggers to finish off whatever the bow doesn't. True. And okay. to dress said animals. Cool. I think that's everything. All right. Sweet deal. Alrighty. So. Backstory. We ready to go? Sure. Alright, we're just gonna jump right in. Um, you are... Living. Yeah, there we are. Sorry. You're living in the uh, country slash world, more or less, uh, of Ilian, right? And so, uh, if you refer to the map... Thing that I sent you. Ilian is, as far as you know, an entire world, right, in your 11-year-old brain. Um, it's the biggest thing you've seen. The, uh, the, it's often referred to sort of quickly as the fields of Ilian because, as you can see, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rivers stemming from this central wellspring that separate eight land masses, um, and each one of those land masses is sort of huge in their own right, so each one is like its own city-state. Okay. All right, so you've got eight city-states. We are currently um, in a place known as the Valley of Eyes, which is in the first city-state, uh, which would be on your map uh, in the central river, the one on the right side. Okay. Right, so you are in 
central city state. It's known as Brahm. And there is currently a war going on between this city state of Brahm and um, the city state of a place that apparently I didn't name, even though I thought I did. So we'll come back to that at some point later when it's relevant. But you are from Brahm, so you, technically speaking, are a Brahmin citizen. Cool. I want to write that down. You are you are uh, recognized as such. All right. I'm gonna and put so, that under allies and organizations. Yeah. Um, currently, Brahm. B R O M. Brahm is B-R-A-H-M. Ah. Got it. Perfect. And so you are um, in the far north of the city-state of Brahm right now, far, like, northwest, in that little, uh, you know, right up by the mountains of Agol. And essentially, you know, you are just a really, really young dragonborn who sort of joined the caravan of... Um, of these soldiers, and they ha are just fighting all up and down the the coastline, right? So um, they're fighting the city state from across this uh, that's west of them, across the water. And um, you, as a young boy, don't really know why, so I'm not going to say why because it's I think for the yeah, sake I'm of not, discovery. I have, you have no sense. idea. You just know that there was a battle close to your village. And your parents were killed, and so you sort of hooked up with the soldiers and the caravan so that you would have a place to be. Yeah. All right. And that's really all that there is to know in terms of as far as Melkor is concerned. <coughs> cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Melkor. What's relevant for us to know, or for me to know? Um... Since he doesn't have any family left, he's very protective of himself and his own his like own little sequestered life. Mm -hmm. uh, he hides a lot of food in his pockets, in his bags, and stuff like that because he's never sure if he's gonna have another meal. So he just keeps tries to keep care of that himself. Um, since he's been, how long has he been with the army? Like following them, a couple of years or two months, three months. Few months, okay. Yeah. Um, so he's still kind of adjusting to that. He's not entirely sure where he fits in, both with this current situation and also in life. So he's trying his goal. Like he wants to be able to figure out who he is, what he's got, like what and where he fits in, mm -hmm. and like prove that he's worth something. Mm -hmm. I guess. Okay. Um. And since he's young and small and squishy, if he's in a situation where he is pretty sure he's not going to survive, he's not going to fight back, he's just going to try to hoof it, or he'll surrender himself. Like, I don't want to die. Don't kill me. Okay. So, I mean, he's a kid, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And he has no, like, allegiance necessarily to the army itself either, because no. he, he's also... He doesn't have... He... There's no allegiance to it, He, but he doesn't... But he's not going to... He won't, like, sell them out because even though they're not, like, outright helping him and giving him food or whatever, mm -hmm. they are in an S in some kind of way protecting him and are responsible for his current well-being. Because if it wasn't for them, he probably would have 
starved to death mm-hmm. back on his old farm or wherever his parents were. Okay. All right. So he has like a slight bond, but nothing like I will follow these guys to death. It's more or less just if it's not going to harm me, I'm not, unless I'm going to die, I'm not going to throw them under the bus. Mm-hmm. But I don't know enough about their plans or anything to really throw them under the bus anyway. Gotcha. Okay. I like that. So the next thing that's sort of important to mention then is since you've been traveling with them for a couple of months, there's some people that you know um, sort of well and who have kind of been looking after you. Um, So you know uh, Kevin the Tavern Keeper. That's a fun name. Kevin. You know Kevin, the cabin keeper. You know he's a human. And so you have a good relationship with him and his young teen, uh, his young daughter, Sarah, who's a teenager and a half-elf. And she's older than me. Yeah, probably... She's, what, like, 17? So she's, like, six years older than you are. Okay. Late teens. Yep. And she's a half-elf. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. You also um, have sort of been friendly with this group of traveling clerics known as Claire and Stephen. Um... They're sort of the ones that do their best to look after you most of the time, especially in the beginning. Okay. Like a adoptive aunt and uncle kind of thing? Yeah. All right. And then lastly, I would say that there are sort of three locations or four locations in the starting area that you could um, sort of work with. All right. So there's the tavern tents. All right. So in the section of camp, there's the tavern tents. There is sort of the uh, what I'm calling the caravan tents, which is like where a lot of the people who... uh, have been with the army for a while, like they're they're part of it, um, even if they're not necessarily soldiers, right? That's where mm-hmm. the caravan tents are. So, for instance, the clerics, Claire and Stephen, are in the caravan tents, where Kevin is in the tavern because he's like an addendum to it. You know, he follows around this care. He follows the caravan around and has his own like traveling tavern. Um, that's cool. That's how he makes his money. Um, there's the refugee tents, so this is essentially where you're supposed to be, but because you're you, uh, you know, Melkor likes to sort of move around, and so he, he doesn't just stay with the other refugees, especially where he doesn't know everybody. He's 11, he wants to go around, he wants to meet people, he wants to be curious, and... Right, because the, this fighting has been going up and down all on the, um, west coast of Brom, so there's refugees from all over, and people in northern Brom, where Melkor's from, and are sort of of a different disposition than those sort of uh, south and closer to the capital. Or not the capital. Well, the capital of Brom, but also like the center, uh, the central island being its own sort of thing as marked out on the map. All right. 
And then, so there's refugee tents as well. Um, sort of the the idea there is you don't know anybody there, but that's where you might go to fleece some pockets sort of deal. You know, you're not going to want to steal from your friends, but somewhere somewhere in the refugee tent you might see something that you're like, you know what, this is beneficial to me, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. All right. And then an area of the camp that's generally considered as off-limits uh, though you might sneak in and out of occasionally, given the the, the uh, you know young boy curiosity, is just the soldiers' area. So they keep the soldiers; they sleep separate from everybody else. They're not part of the caravan. You know, the soldier discipline or military discipline would say that they're not really supposed to go in there and hang out and party, even though of course sometimes they do. Yeah. And the civilians are not supposed to go and hang out in the soldiers' quarters or in their tents. Okay. So that is a location that you can go poke around in should you really desire to. But, of course, you know, uh, Melkor would understand it as a place that is off limits. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how well I, how curious I want him to be yet. That's which fair. Is kind I of would think that entirely possible that he's at least on a dare, like, snuck in there, like, one time and gotten away with it. Oh, yeah. But he's, he's also very aware of, like, other people have tried to sneak in. Even like young boys like himself, and gotten caught and got in a lot of trouble, right? Um, do I have any starting money? Um, I'm gonna say like a handful of coins, so probably like ten gold. Because you're a boy, and you you do like little, you do you might do like a job for Kevin, and sometimes you know Claire and Steven are gonna throw you a couple coins, but you also like you don't have to spend money on food. Because yeah, you're a refugee, you're, like, provided for. But at the same time, um, you know, you don't actually, you don't have a lot lying around. Cool. So is this where we begin, or? Yeah, so that's really as much starting information as I think uh, you need until, so that you're not, like, you don't, I, I want you to discover as much as possible. Yeah, but that's just like a general lay of the land. Um, yeah, and that's sort of like who you are. You're a young 11-year-old dragonborn named Melkor Karl Blacks. Yeah, sure. And you're a refugee. Um, and so when we get started, I'll sort of ask you what you want to do and where you want to go. And you can tell me where, and I will sort of um, start the screen share back up now. Um and that way, I, I'm just going to sort of do rough sketches for you as we talk about it, um, so that you have an idea of everything. Cool. So, um, I do have an opening narration. So, whenever you're ready, we can get started. I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> 